Hello there. So this week on the Gamers Guild, we're going to talk about cons, tournaments, and Everwinter. My name is Matthew, and welcome to the Gamers Guild. So today we are going to talk about a topic that we don't really talk about too much. Like we, we do a lot of recaps. We like say, hey, this happened. We had a tournament here. Hey, Sooner was at this thing. But now we're going to talk about uh, both another another convention, Everwinter. But we're also going to talk about what you, the listener, can do in terms of preparation to go into a tournament or a convention yourself. So... That's the that's exciting, but even more exciting is that we have a brand new host here at the MCP Gamers Guild section, uh, coming all the way from upstate New York, Alyssa Laka. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. Um, just got back from Everwinter and back into the swing of life. So uh, yeah, I'm good. Happy to be here. Great. And so who? Who are you? Like, who are you and what is your experience with MCP? Uh, so I am probably most better known as uh, Right Mad's wife. If you know Right Mad Ben Laka, uh, one of the Brotherhood mains, uh, I am the better half. Um, I also help out PCN occasionally, the Professional Casual Network, um, when they stream events if Taylor can't be there. Um and I am one of the main Inhuman players, if you know that as well. Um, my introduction to MCP has pretty much been from the start of it. Uh, ben and I got into it together shortly, uh, shortly after COVID, I think, technically. Um, and I've been enjoying it ever since. Sometimes I hate it. Sometimes I love it. And uh, I'm currently on the ride of loving it. So, yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. See, and, and I, I, I have never known you to be... Ben slash Right Mad's wife until you know somewhat recently. So I've only known you as who you are. So that's surprising. Yeah, I also barely knew who Ben was. <gasps> that's that's it. That's actually more surprising. <laughs> I knew him as the person that sooner played at some point, like a year ago, and that almost beat him. And I was like, "Wow, this guy is crazy." Well, some newbie almost beat sooner. Okay, and then I totally forgot he ever existed. <laughs> Coming down from on high, from the mountaintops to grace us, to show the new host a good time and say, hey, I do care about the people. Nate, how you doing? <laughs> I, am, I am doing well. Uh, excited to, to be back on and talk about Everwinter because I went up to Boston uh, for a fun weekend of games and stuff and... Uh, had a lot of fun with, uh, well, Loki, because who else? You So you came up to the Northeast. And you, you didn't come think to stop by and say hi to me? I was about to say, how, how far of a drive from Boston to where you are? How, how long of a drive would that have been? Probably about four and a half hours. Mm, yeah. Hard pass. Hard pass. I, 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 I guess I see where my value lies as an employee of the guild. 
not even <laughs> worth just a simple 10 hour out of your way trip <laughs> to come and say hello. I would have given you like some pizza. You know, in hindsight, I probably stick with the uh, just flying out of Boston. <laughs> the better question is why weren't you at Everwinter? Uh, I am going to really try next year. Uh, I wanted to, but it was, <laughs> you know, honestly, what it was is that when I found out that Everwinter existed by doing this podcast and having, um, I, I Obi Watts, but what's his, what's his actual Brian. name? Brian. Brian. Watson. Brian Watson. Obi Watts. So he came on and told us about it and it was very exciting. But that, at that point, it was far too late for me to be able to rearrange uh, my my plans in order to make it up there. But now that I know it exists, and I'm going to make a goal uh, of hoping to make two events, like two larger events, not just a local tournament, next year in 2024, I'm hoping that that will result in me being able to go. That would be one of them. It is high on the list. Woo! Um, all right, so let's jump into a little bit of what we've been playing. And Alyssa, since you are our our fresh host, please tell us what have you been playing. Um, well, as far as MCP goes, um, constantly smashing in humans—they're kind of like my favorite thing to play. Um, also, Dark Dimension—I do love me some Dormammu. I even brought them to Everwinter for the Friday event that I ended up not playing in because I was watching Ben and Nate just absolutely having a, a blast. Um, I have also been playing some Lorcana recently, um, trying that out and uh, smashing some Unmatched because Nate got Ben and I into that at uh, at NashCon. It's real good. It is so good, Nate. We have almost everything except for I th- <laughs> except for I think Deadpool might be the only thing we don't have. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Also, I'm so- I don't know if I'm supposed to say like I'm sorry or you're welcome. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah. Um, I full force. Ben was like, let's get like one or two. And then I was like, or we could just buy all of them. That's fine. <laughs> so I also have no impulse control over certain things. Um, yeah. You hear about the Witcher sets not to get us like two off the rails? No. Next year is Witcher. Okay. Like Geralt and all that. It's a, it's a book in a, in a video game and it's, like, it's also like a TV it's show. It's a cool Netflix TV show with Henry Cavill. I mean, not something I'm super familiar with, um, but it does still sound exciting just because Unmatched is just great. Fair. Less excited. There are more Marvel characters. Get with it. Let's see more, more Marvel characters. <laughs> On a not long enough timeline, let's get some Cosmic Ghost Rider in Unmatched. It, no. No. No, yeah, no, 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 thanks. No. I lost you. Okay, Nate, what have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing a little bit of everything. I've, uh, I've been swapping between the steve leaderships of avengers i've been uh playing a a good bit of uh, discount steve which we'll hear about a little bit more because that's what i brought to everwinter uh and then uh been playing around with uh mighty steve uh and his uh very punchy leadership which has been a lot of fun uh but i also played web warriors uh monday night at locals and did you though uh, yeah (laughs) I mean, was, you did, but from was, what I hear, you just my, like my dice, uh, my dice rolled hot, so it was a very punchy Web Warriors. Warriors. 
let me tell you, I played a game of Web Warriors today, actually, and uh, I made the total of two attacks that entire game. So we play Web Warriors very differently. Yeah, I know. My Gwen was like, cool, I got five successes on a four dice attack. I wonder how many I can get on a seven dice attack. Yeah, my Gwen uh, made one impact webbing, then got dazed, and then got KO'd at the top of the next round. Uh, so, that sounds like a victory to me. Oh, I mean, I did win. I did win the game. So. <laughs> well, perfect. Like <laughs> there I said, were, victory. There were five other characters that were not dying, so... Uh, all right. Do you think that uh, in your with your experience with uh, the mighty, by the mightiest of steeds, that you think that he is like good enough to bring to like a bigger event, or do you think he's like holding second candle to discount Steve? Uh, they're so first off, they're they're very different Avenger lists in the same way that like a Steve list and a Sam list look very different. Like you probably still have Sam in these other lists, uh, but they, they play a very different focus uh, on the game. Uh, I think the main thing that's holding uh, mighty Steve out of being like a very serious player is there's just so many other aggressions teams that do it better at the end of the day. Uh, and that might keep him out of the spotlight. But I think once a certain individual gets uh, tuned down, fixed, uh, we could very likely see more of him in the future. I mean, how many nerfs can you put to Mal? Like, this, you gotta like let the tiger go. It's uh, it's it's not the Tiger King I'm talking about, but uh, is it, certain, is it a certain Viper? cosmic Ghost Rider? You know. Oh. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard of it. I haven't heard of this. this yeah, this is new, 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 breaking news. Oh, there's a there's an overtuned six threat that's murdering people very quickly. Fun little story. Uh, I should have mentioned this when you asked what I've been playing. Uh, I did not mention, but I think Nate, you heard at Everwinter that I kind of did like a training montage with um, CGR and my Inhumans. I played like six to seven games against Ben, and I made him just take these lickings, and then I didn't even take him to Everwinter. <laughs> yeah i was like no i can't do that to my friends uh yeah no he's too oppressive for sure yeah okay all right well we'll get into that in a bit i am sure because it's in the show notes that we will so what i've been playing has been mostly actually avengers myself i've been really trying to well i i recently did a wow. uh an episode of the 24 days of christmas with uh um the danger room although my day was for hanukkah and uh we did a kid from brooklyn and i talked a lot about that and i wanted to do a lot of prep work to make sure i knew what i was talking about for that so i was playing some variations of steve and so i've been playing a lot of that and i have been also playing a little bit of web warriors and i did a little i'm doing a little timelines thing and so i did like a force for a game and i'll never go back to a force again after that scarring experience Uh-oh. so that hurts my heart. yeah i mean i love jen and i really love carol and i just they just don't love me so oh well. um so yeah that's what i've been doing i've been having a lot of, a lot of fun with that i've been kind of chill towards the end of the year when nothing nothing much is happening so we are going to move on to our next topic which is our selfish side topic still 
Uh, still workshopping the name. Got to find a different name for this because it's the only thing that's selfish about it is that I come up with the topic and uh, I come up with all most of the topics that that happen. So it's not really relevant. So this week we are going to discuss the Red Skull Three leadership. And what we're specifically going to stop to talk about is that at the time of recording, there is no actual ruling in how the leadership works. And so it's been quite quite a while since it has been released. And we want to discuss whether or not what, what, what our thoughts are on that. Whether now obviously I don't think AMG would be purposely just be negligent. They are a very attentive company and they do a lot of work to make sure their game is good. So there must be a specific reason that we are not yet aware of why it's taken over two months for them to answer about how this affiliation leadership works. But let me read it off for the listeners at home. Um, Once per turn, while a non-grunt allied character is rolling dice as part of an attack roll, it may treat one skull result as a critical result. If it does, after the attack is resolved, the attacking character loses one power. If it does not lose one power, it suffers one damage instead. So the prevailing uh, two size is essentially that is essentially the timing of it. Is this like the reality gem where basically every time, anytime you roll dice, um, then you can just use this ability. You could just, I mean, obviously it's once per turn, so you can't just keep doing it, but you could do it when you roll the dice. You could do it when you re-roll dice. You could do it as part of recalibration matrix. So there's a lot of spots there. The alternative, the one that I personally think it is, is that it is rolling dice as a part of an attack roll, which I think is a specifying a specific part of the step, that it happens like Domino or Malekith work where you roll your dice, and before even the defense roll happens, you have to decide whether you're going to use the leadership. So I'm going to put it off to you too. This is an open discussion, so you guys can uh, you can uh, speak uh, freely. I'm going to put 10 minutes on the clock and see what you think, what, what you think it is, and also why do you think it's taking so long? <laughs> and is this, is this a good thing? Like just what are your thoughts on this? And go. I, I know how we played it at Everwinter, um, but I actually – I think that it's different than Mal and Domino because specifically it's a leadership. I don't think that they would make it the same as like characters we already have. So I think you don't have to spend before you see it or like beforehand. I think you can do it like after re-rolls at the very end. If you need another success, then there you go. Obviously you don't, you wouldn't pop the crit, but I think it's like at any point you should be able to do it. That's how I read it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nate, a, how do you read it? Leadership. It's got to be special. Uh, so I think as it is currently written, no additional uh, erratas or anything else, I think uh, that she nailed it on the head. I think it is a an, at any point during the attack because there's not a timing window right now outside of – unless the timing window is while a non-grunt allied character is rolling dice as part of an attack. Right, uh, which I think that I think that is exactly what it, I mean. Those are the words that they use. So <laughs> that is yeah, why those I, are the words. But like, it, <laughs> but that means do you, 
under that, that's not even like Malekith and Domino timing. That's before you even roll your dice. Like as you were rolling the dice, as you were declaring the attack, say, hey, I'm going to use my leadership on disability and sure hope I get a skull. Well, I think it's kind of like back in the day when they had Wakanda and during the during the Wakanda part, uh, they, they made an errata. We all kind of thought that you spend the power during the modify step chain phase and then you're able to use, you know, Wakanda leadership or Shuri rerolls or Black Panther and uh, and then they said, no, that's not how it is. Now, obviously, they did character updates, and that's how it is again. But they were saying, no, as, it says when rolling dice refers to the step, uh, the specifically step six of the attack sequence, which is roll attack dice. And so that's how I feel. Like I have maybe I'm jaded by this past uh, <laughs> horror that happened to me, but I felt like that's what it says. It's like when rolling dice. Um, and as part of an attack roll, and for me, rolling dice as part of attack roll is roll attack dice. Now, of course, this is all very vague. It could be anything. And also intent is unsure because since it doesn't clarify it, maybe they do intend it to be like, Hey, you do all your stuff. And then at the end you can say, yeah, one of these things is that, but then that's the question is, is it like, is it? only at the end and then you can decide to do it or then is it at any point in the attack roll because that's significantly more powerful especially in reference to making things into crits because it specifies change a skull into a crit as opposed to make may treat one skull as a success it makes me think that they are implicitly trying to say hey this is something that will explode because crits have specific effects which is specifically exploding so that's another reason why i feel like it's specifying there but then again it could be like reality gem where it just happens anywhere and you could just do it then or you could just do it later yeah i definitely think it's it's at any point because yeah you lose the exploding crit you know value of it if it's at the very end you don't get to do that but if it's at the very beginning you potentially get another success i think they're leaving it wide open Um, for us to kind of just, I don't know, make our own interpretation obviously is kind of where we're at right now, but I think they have to kind of leave it vague because how I'm viewing this is this is a leadership. It should be good and it should be different than something we already have. Okay. So on that, why do you, do you, why do you think they are taking so long to issue this ruling to tell us how this works? Because they can't keep it vague because obviously that's a yeah, TO's we, nightmare. <laughs> yeah, we need we need a ruling at some point. Honestly, I couldn't even tell you. I I'm wondering honestly if this is something that even came up during playtesting. I mean, it had to have. I'm just curious if during playtesting they kind of said like, "Oh, maybe this could go either way like you could do it this way you know with like mal and domino or you could do it the other way i i really this is gonna sound bad i don't know if they're wanting to see how it wants to be played like i don't know if they're waiting to see what the community thinks before they make their decision does that make sense yeah i don't think they're gonna do that though they've never cared about our opinions i'm Mm -hmm. just kidding i'm just kidding i'm just kidding (laughs) 
But uh, I, it just seems silly to do that for a big release like a corset to just put it out there and say, well, let's see what the people think. Yeah, I, I really can't think of any other reason why it would be, what, two months post-release to not have that clarified. Yeah, I don't know why it's taking them so long. I could definitely see a scenario where it goes through playtesting and it never really comes up, uh, either because the leadership wording has changed slightly from when earlier playtesters have to later playtesters, or also because playtesters might have just read it and said, okay, it works like this, and they just played it, and they never really questioned their own personal bias of what they thought it worked like. And then it never came up as a question, and it just sailed right through. What about you, Nate? Uh, it, it's not a good look to not have an answer for a core box character because like, th- this is the entry point to the game that AMG wants people to buy. Uh, and like there absolutely can be things that are like, oh, this is a little bit nebulous. But after that point where it's like, oh, like I bet there's like a ruling on this or something and we're like constantly telling people, yeah, go go look at the forums. AMG answers additional questions. It's a great place to uh, send people. It takes a little bit maybe sometimes to figure out like the best way to navigate. But we have a fantastic episode way back about navigating the forums. Uh, but no, this is uh, – I-, I cannot imagine what the holdup is for getting a, a ruling here because it, it – very simply just needs to be an errata that gives us the timing. Like it's a little bit unfortunate that it won't be on all the, the cards that are coming out and all that other stuff. But like, yeah, for, for the sake of TOs and many other people and things like this should have been done a month ago, at least. Yeah. So, Given that we don't know when we're going to get a ruling, it could literally happen. But I mean, heck, by the time we air this this episode, it could have already come out. But you know, the closer we get to you know the the end of the year, the less you know time and resources people have in order to get things decided and put out social media wise. So I don't know. How do you think people should handle until we get this? I mean, I don't even mean necessarily a TO. Like a TO needs to make a call. But like, what do you think people who say, hey, I want to play Cabal, but I don't know how this necessarily works and I want to go play at events. uh, What do you think is the best approach? Uh, I would say the go-to and what we did at Everwinter uh, what Brian ruled it, at least, is treated as uh, dominoes and malekiths because there are rulings around that. So you can kind of say, hey, this is the precedent we're following. Uh, and it's still a, a strong effect, maybe not as, uh, as strong as treating it like the reality gem or triggering it, being able to be like, oh, I don't have any skulls, but then I rerolled into a skull. Might as well get that extra damage through kind of a thing. Right. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Well, yeah, that makes sense. It's also the most restrictive version. And I've been told in the past by various sources that, you know, until a ruling comes out, the the smartest way to rule things is not necessarily, it's just to, to rule it in the most restrictive form as possible. Mm-hmm. 
And then it can always get better. Yep. Um, I'd be interested. I don't even think it's necessarily too broken if it was Reality Gem on a stick, honestly. I don't think that would necessarily break the character. Agree or disagree? <laughs> I don't think so, no. I, I don't think it would uh, make it that much more powerful. It would be stronger, but not like crazy strong or anything. Yeah, I, I don't think it would make that world of a difference, right? You, Yes, you get one more success at the end of a roll, sure. Like, yeah, that can definitely change the state of a game, but it's not like, you know, it's going to break the game or anything. Yet. Anyway, so oh, that's that's it for our our hot hot topic of the week. Ooh, maybe hot topic. Yeah, maybe that won't work. All right, so we're going to move on to our main topic, which is Everwinter and MCP tournaments in general. So recently, uh, we just had our recap. I um, mean, sorry. Recently, we had Everwinter, which took place in Boston or just outside of Boston. Uh, Nate, why don't you why don't you tell us you about Everwinter? You were there. Yeah, I was there. It was great. What is it? Remind people what it is. What Everwinter is? Yeah. Uh, Everwinter is a convention up in the uh, Boston area that uh, has several different game systems represented. Uh, from the traditional ones uh, from Games Workshop to things like MCP. Uh, there was even a Shatterpoint, uh, along with uh, less popular or less well-known systems like, uh, oh my goodness, what was it called? It was something Breach. They had a really cool booth there, and I don't remember the first name, but the second word of its title was Breach. Alyssa, do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what it is. The only... What is it? Fire Breach? I think Ben just said Fire Breach, which still doesn't ring a bell. The only thing I was actually thinking of was Conquest because they had Conquest there too. They did also have Conquest. You should mm-hmm. tell Ben to stay over on the Shatterpoint side of this podcast. He's not. He's, not he's in the other room. So that we'll dub my living room the Shatterpoint room. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just a, a, a very nice con uh, with uh, – a lot of awesome game systems and uh, cool people. Great. And they had a large tournament over at uh, over there for Marvel Crisis Protocol, of which I believe uh, we had our own new host. Alyssa, you got top eight. I did get top eight. Um, Congratulations. And you, kno- and you knocked somebody, you had to knock somebody else out, right? To do that. Like someone had to be ninth, like, who didn't make a cut. Right? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I did not knock Gabe from Shark Tank. Is that who you're referring about, Gabe, right? No, no, I'm referring to... <laughs> about Nate, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, I hadn't even been keeping track of, like, placements. I was just there to roll some dice, so... Oh, no, I, it's, we just want to be very clear here that you are the superior guild member over Nate. For one weekend, yes. I mean... You're only as good as your last weekend. Ooh, all right. I'll take that. That's <laughs> true. Uh, and also, uh, uh, we should also have a, a shout out to the Pork Roll Protocol. They uh, came all the way up from Jersey and had a very nice showing. I think three 
three of the three of their members made the top eight, and those three went to the top four, and then one of them won the whole thing. So yeah. uh, they had a great showing. That's that's actually over by my local meta. So uh, good job to those folks over there. They did great. And let's just break down the top eight. Uh, so, so we had Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Red Skull, Three Cabal, Brotherhood, Asgard, Web Warriors, Inhumans, uh, Winter Guard, and Defenders. So we'll start with you, Alyssa. Thoughts on that top eight? Um, actually, so when we found out who all was in top eight, one of the first things that like Brian and a couple of people were pointing out, and we we're so excited, is that there are no repeating affiliations in that at all. Yeah, it's a really good spread. Yeah, it's a really good spread. Um, and there's a couple you don't expect to see in there, one being in humans, even though they are better than they used to be, and also Winter Guard. I don't think I'd ever expect to see, you know, Winter Guard in there. Um, they're not one of your like top meta you know affiliations um, definitely would i think it's a definitely a very good spread in there um some i definitely expected to see and i think i think there was only one cgr which is pretty good yeah i don't know the makeups of the teams i didn't i didn't break down all the individual teams but i i i would have expected inhumans i heard you were the, you were in the tournament so i just assumed inhumans were going to make the top eight uh, Asgard and Winter Guard were the ones that stood out to me as uh, surprising to make it, but here mm-hmm. we are. Yep. What about you, Nate? What are your thoughts on the top eight? Uh, yeah, I'm very happy to see uh, Asgard, Winter Guard, and Defenders even uh, was not one that I necessarily would have uh, been putting money on to make it. Uh, it was also really cool to uh, see Andy or Twitty uh, representing the new uh, Red Skull as a uh, a prominent leader. Yeah, yeah, good job, Twitty. Uh, I I thought def- I think defenders are really 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 good. I I would not. I I feel like any tournament there should be defenders in the top cuts now because they they are an incredibly powerful affiliation. They are real good. Yeah, yeah. So the winner of them was Guardians of the Galaxy. And while there was only potentially one CGR in the top eight cut, uh, that CGR did win the whole tournament. He did. He did. True story. Now, I think I heard rumblings that uh, Art, uh, Art Washburn, I think, is the one who won it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Zero cool. Zero cool. Yeah. I think I heard rumblings that he didn't necessarily play. Con- he didn't like ride Cosmic Ghost Rider to the whole thing. And Art is also uh, been playing for a very long time, and he has made. A, he's like almost always in cuts, he, and it's really great that he has finally gotten that big win under his belt. I'm really happy for him. But uh, and he did play Cosmic Ghost Rider in the finals, but and I think he didn't play him like every single game. So he didn't play him in the finals, and it was a bloodbath. Uh, it was not every single game because I, uh, after I got uh, kicked out of the top eight, I was uh, voluntold to uh, judge and stuff like that. So uh, I did. Uh, I did witness uh, one game where he swapped out CGR for Gamora and Nebula. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, 
Guardians of the Galaxy have a lot of good stuff. Uh, I was talking with somebody, and I was like, if they nerf CGR, and even if they nerf CGR, and even if they put a little bit of a nerf into Bill, you know, just to tap him down a bit, see, Guardians of the Galaxy are still probably a top affiliation. Yeah, they're they're still really good. They're just not quite as uh, not quite as dominant. Yeah, and that's kind of the sign, in my opinion of adjustment needing to be made. If you can make adjustments and they would still be like one of the best, that's, that shows a sign. Yeah. Uh, but um, any, and any, so we we'll, want we'll to go into your experiences of, of Everwinter. We'll start with you, Alyssa. What was, what was your experience? Tell us, regale us with your experience of the Everwinter. Um, I had a great experience, honestly. Um, it was my first ever winner. Um, I believe it was Ben's second because he went last year and uh, he was trying to get me to go this year. And I was like, I really don't want to get snowed in in Boston. Like I was not looking forward to going. Um, coming off of a couple of tournaments recently where I didn't feel like a good player. I was like, I'm not excited to go and like get my butt kicked. Um, so I decided... I'm going to go. I'm just going to have fun. Uh, I got to enjoy the grudge match and play Will Castillo, um, Half Face Ninja from Pork World Protocol for my first game. And I, I wasn't even coming with a mindset to win, like necessarily, even though I'm a competitive person and I always want to win. I was more focused on I'm getting to play some people that I love in this community. And so I won my first game. Uh, Second game was against another Pork World Protocol, um, which would have been Mike Wallen, Brotherhood. I lost that one. And then third game was Jeff Trost. Uh, He took Web Warriors, which was actually surprising. I thought he was going to bring his defenders. Um, And I won against him. And then my last game, uh, which is what kicked our dearest Nate out of top, uh, was against S.H.I.E.L.D. I won against S.H.I.E.L.D. I was definitely very shocked to be in top eight, um, but I enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed every single one of my games. When things were going my way, obviously I enjoyed them. When things were not going my way, um, typically I get very frustrated when I don't feel like I am contributing to the game. Um, I think me coming with a less competitive mindset this time um, helped me kind of chill out a little bit um if i'm being honest like you could look at it more as a narrative of like you're not always gonna you know roll dice good right um so i I definitely had a really good experience even my top eight game against twitty um super love that that was like one of my most favorite games ever um overall the entire con the games after the friday night before it was just all of it just amazing i loved it is there any uh game or any particular opponent that stand that stood out to you um i would have to say it was the game i lost with uh mike um and his brotherhood i have played umpteen million games against brotherhood so i was like i know exactly what to do i know what characters to bring um and i still lost it was intrusions something else and i failed every single intrusions role except for my very last one so he kept putting my characters behind a size five building and i couldn't like do anything um it was just the funniest thing to me and i'm like yeah i'm just over here having a party like in the alley over here behind this building and both him and i were you know having a blast with it the entire time um 
And those are the games you got to love, right? If if you're losing so bad, you can't pass an intrusions roll. You you press the button on one. He sends you where you don't want to go. You're like, all right, I got power. I'll do it again. He sends you right back where you came from. It's just comical and you got to laugh. That was probably my favorite game, honestly. Nice. Yeah, there's definitely games where you're just like, where just everything goes wrong and you just got to be like, well, it's just one of those games. <laughs> got to own it. Yep. Uh, and anything else about the con itself, you know, outside of the games themselves, that's that might have stood out to you? Um, outside, of, I mean, Boston itself was like where we were. Um, we had like a nice restaurant across the street. Um, aside from that, like the hotel was great. Um, actually, Friday morning, um, both Ben and I got to help Brian Watson kind of like set up um and help miles i don't know his last name but the guy pretty much in charge of all of it um like help set up like the entire area and everything and that's the stuff i love doing i love like being behind the scenes like help setting up help tearing but that's like one of my favorite things i would rather do that all day than like play a game honestly that actually gave me a lot of joy going into the weekend that i got to be a part of the behind the scenes that i wasn't supposed to um yeah so i love that i got to do that and i wasn't supposed to awesome how about you nate how was your experience uh it was a great weekend a good experience uh everything from games uh, got to participate in uh, the crazy uh, i don't want to call it the pay to win experience but like kind of basically uh, where there was this really cool charity event for Toys for Tots. Uh, and the idea is there's this list of cheat codes from bringing in extra characters to uh, re-rolling dice, adding dice to attacks or defense rolls, uh, being able to say, oh, yeah, I'm actually in range of this thing that you're absolutely not in range of. Uh, and I made... Uh, been spin through like a solid 180 cheat tokens. It was 195, Nate. 195 cheat tokens. Yeah. Uh, to I think I ended up like I I can I had 20 of my own and other people contributed, so I probably ended up around the 50 uh, cheat token mark by the time the game was over. Uh, but uh, I I made been. Uh, work really hard for uh, his W. Uh, but we also, uh, one of the other things that I really enjoyed was there a, uh, there was a, so you think you can dev uh, contest. And the general idea was there were four different characters and people could submit designs uh, for these different characters. Uh, and I got to play with a kind of broken black knight and uh, Ben got to play with uh, Phantom X, and that was also just a, a really cool and kind of a, a fun thing to mess around with. Nice, nice. And uh, did you have any game or opponent that you played? And since you did more than just the the main tournament, it could be from any of these games that that stood out to you. Um. Uh, I want to say my my one loss is the one that stood out to me as well uh, because it ended up being a, a really good game uh, where I don't think there are very many uh, bad choices by either side. I definitely have a couple that like in hindsight, oh, I wish I had 
set up a, a certain positioning like this, but uh, I played Art in round two, and he brought uh, CGR Hulk, Beta Ray Bill, Star Lord uh, into my Avengers, and uh, I think I I think I aside from a couple of uh, small decisions uh, that went awry. Uh, at the end of the day, it was a really good game uh, that just uh, it, it was kind of fun to see a game against these like behemoth characters come down to very precise uh, measuring and bodyguard ranges and stuff like that. Nice. All right. And any anything from the event outside of the games that you that was memorable to you? Uh, I went into the weekend with the purpose of playing Mind Gym Loki every single game, and it made for some weird point total situations for me sometimes because I didn't think about that when constructing my roster. Whoops. Uh, But I had a lot of fun with it, so no regrets. All right. And for both of you, do you have any other thoughts? Before we go into the general topic of uh, cons and, and people going to cons of listeners going to the cons about Everwinter itself. Any other thoughts? Uh, good people. It was really cool to be able to uh, go up into the Northeast and uh, just know people by their reputation on discord and through the uh, community there and stuff like that. And just being like, Oh yeah, you're so-and-so and being able to, to meet people and just all very nice people. Uh, very welcoming uh, environment, all those kind of things that you love to see at a con. Yeah, it's nice over here in the Northeast. You should uh, come visit sometime, you know. Maybe. I was expecting it to be cold. Okay, seriously, absolutely that. Uh, even back home, it was not cold. It was not like the Boston cold that I was expecting or the upstate cold that I was expecting. It was, I didn't even need a jacket. It has been cold. It wasn't cold like all last winter. It's been pretty mild for our winters. Yeah. Uh, It still isn't cold. Like, it was colder in Tennessee when I landed. Kind of a thing. But that's all. Sounds like you need to work on that. I I don't know how that's something I can work on, but sure. I mean, you know, that's, that's the first step. Figure that out. Figure out how. And then execute in fixing that. All right, global warming. I'm coming for you. Yeah, let's do it. Put up your put up your dukes. All right, uh, Alyssa. Any last thoughts? Uh, really, the only last thought would be um, about the TO Brian Watson. That is the second event that I have been. I think it's just the second event. Might have been the third um, event that he has put on, and um, it was a great event. And I absolutely love that. No matter where you place, pretty much he makes sure you feel like loved and welcome there there's you know obviously some top player prizes um there's um i love will castillo um he didn't do the best he got the dumpster fire award for going zero and four and sticking it out there's an OKS player award which is for who comes in like dead last or dead middle and then there's just a raffle in general so no matter where you place you've come you've had a good time and you're going to get something out of it and i think that's amazing that he recognizes that all right. Yeah, I heard that the tournament from multiple people that the tournament was ex- exceptionally well run, uh, which is fantastic because I've been to some tournaments that have been not exceptionally well run, and it is it is 
unbelievable how great it is when you running you're working with something that is at least appearing to run smoothly and if it's not running smoothly that is even more of a testament to the to that it that it feels like it is Mm -hmm. so let's talk about cons so let's start off with the first thing so this is for the people who are out there that are listening uh some of them have gone to lots of cons some of them have not gone to any cons or any tournaments at all they could be fresh new bushy-tailed faces to the mcp world um so who who should go to a con what level of experience do you need do you think is a requisite to go to a convention nate I'm of the uh, thought that, like, aside from needing to know the basic rules of how to play the game that you're going to go play, uh, that not much more is needed depending on what the expectations, I guess, uh, you were setting for yourself. If you were going to an event and you've got, like, three reps with a list, let alone with a game, uh, and you're trying to win it all, uh, I think your expectations might be set a little bit high. Uh, But on the whole, I think uh, the events and cons and all those kind of things are not necessarily just about the games you're playing. It's about the community, being able to be a part of that, going out uh, and experiencing local food from other places is always uh, really cool, stuff like that. 100% agree that the community is probably one of the best things about, uh, well, I'll speak specifically to MCP. Um, Going to LVO for the first time last year, I had certain expectations for myself, but the community takes over all of that. Uh, If you've played the game once or twice, please still go to a con or a tournament because the people you meet there will become very good friends very quickly and they'll help you get better if that's your desire. Yeah. I, I, for me, I was, when I started uh, with X-Wing, I was very, very timid in terms of these type of things. Uh, but it's always, it's always great. And, you know, even when you don't do, when you do well, it feels great having like your, you know, either your friends or the people you're just starting to meet and they're like getting your back and they start cheering you on and it becomes great. And then when you're not doing well and you're just bottoming out, you have people who are right. Like the nice thing about uh, when you play a tournament, even if you don't know anybody there, is that because it's a Swiss ranking, wherever you are placed, you're facing somebody who is in the same bucket as you are. So if you go there and you just lose like the first three games of the tournament, you're probably facing someone else who just lost the first three games of the tournament. And you could just have this interaction with somebody who's doing, who's in the same situation as you. So it's not like you're playing it. And now it's like, I've lost three games and now I'm facing this top table person. Like, so I'm just going to get smashed. It's just, it kind of, the, the nature of Swiss kind of puts people into a place where they can kind of, uh, you know, have a sympathy for each other and empathy for each other. And and that, and, and those experiences, the fact that you're having these uh, parallel experiences kind of creates those friendships inherently. Yep. 
So um, when you're, did you say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to PAX Unplugged. I'm going to go to NashCon. I'm going to go to Spring into Marvel. What kind of mindset do you think a person should get into when preparing for a con? Alyssa. Um, I, I actually super love this question. Um, I think you need to figure out what is your goal for this con? Like, what do you expect of yourself? Um, I, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory about two years ago, I was going to go to a normal tournament. And the night before I had like the most broken down kind of like panic attack, like anxiety, because I and it was actually I had met um, at that tournament the next day met the guys from PCN. But I heard there was going to be podcasters. And I'm like, there's these famous people. I have no idea who they are. Like, I, I got to know my stuff. And Ben kind of helped me realize, like, are you going to, like, show that you know the rules? Or are you going to have fun? What Like, what is your goal for yourself? And so ever since then, I've been making sure I set a goal for myself no matter where we go. It's either, you know, to win a game or, Nate, as you did, to play a certain character every single game. If you figure out your goal, and then work towards accomplishing that goal. So, you know, is your get, is your goal to have fun? Then you're going to, you know, have fun. And that means not getting upset when you roll really bad. Or is your goal to win a game? You've, you know, lost your first three games. You've got the chance at the last one. Or you won your first game. Great. Or is your goal to win the whole thing? Then do the homework. Put in the reps to get better to do that. You know, as Nate just said a little bit ago, if, if your goal is to win the whole thing, but you've only ever played three games, you're, you might get a little bit let down because your goals are a little high because you're not doing the work. Um, so I think that setting a goal, a realistic goal, and then doing the work for that specific goal, which can change for every con or every tournament, um, that's really going to help you kind of have fun for each and every one of them. It's really good advice. Yeah, I like that. You're welcome. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I did write, um, actually, just after LVO um, this past year, I wrote for PCN a blog about um, getting a competitive bug and kind of overcoming your fears and, and setting, you know, that goal mindset. Just pick something realistic, you know. I don't think it's realistic for, um, you know, I just – been teaching one of my friends mcp i don't think it's realistic for them to say i'm gonna go to lvo and win the whole thing when you've got you know people who've been playing for four years there set a realistic goal and work towards that yeah um one thing that i used to do uh and for mostly for tournaments but also this works for cons if you just you know it's available to you is just this is just a way to get games because like a lot of times you just, you don't have the ability to play all the time. Mm-hmm. And this is ability to just jam out like six games in one weekend and learn. You could just learn like so much, just playing different people who have more experience and what do they do? And to look at your own play and say like, well, why, why did I lose that game? You know, and just have so much you know, for you know, lack of a better term, data, just to, to 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 bend into and improve yourself, and that maybe for the next tournament or the next con, you can say, okay, well, you know, maybe for this one, instead, my my goal will be to be in the top fifty percent. 
uh, you know, mm-hmm. just slowly climb up that ladder. Yeah, absolutely. And like for me, I got to teach people how awesome it is to play against Mind Gym Loki. Did you? Did you actually teach them how awesome it is to play against Mind Gym Awesome Loki? for me. Okay. Okay. So you taught them how fun it is for you yes. to play Mind Gym Loki. You got to teach them how much you like to giggle. There's also that. I, I have a slightly notorious. Uh, giggle uh, and i even got to pull off a really cool uh loki play that not a lot of people expect uh i had ghost rider uh no matter the cost a spender into my steve which you know seems like a very scary thing right up until steve sacrifices that attack onto loki and then loki tricksters out of range so cosmic ghost rider has just taken three damage and a tactic card for not much uh, gain. Womp womp. Nate, I know you can't see my face right now, but like jaw on the floor. Oh my goodness. It's uh, yeah. There, there, there's some cool things you can do with Loki. Uh, but getting kind of back to that original question, I think Alyssa knocked it absolutely out of the park of just set expectations and goals. And uh, for me personally, I kind of look at three uh, different things when I'm looking at going into an event. Uh, I want to set an emotional goal for myself. I want to set an expectation of how I'm going to finish at the event. And I want to set a challenge for myself in some regard. So the emotional goal is usually more so tied to how you feel. It doesn't matter what actually happens in the game, uh, but it's more the making sure that you, you want to be a, you want to put your best self forward. Uh, when playing games because at the end of the day you're playing with plastic figurines and all that Uh, and so whether that's like not tilting at dice or whatever thing that you think you could improve at uh, make that your goal for me this weekend it was uh, try to be excited about your opponent's successes which is kind of hard but like the the moments when both people are able to cheer on a character doing really cool things and doing really well uh, are some of my favorite uh, memories from this game. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Uh, it is very hard when you're in that moment. It, to, it uh, is. I, I did not always succeed this weekend uh, at doing that. But it, uh, it, it's something we definitely talked about in our sportsmanship episode with. Uh, Will from House Party Protocol, where you know, remember that when someone else, when you're doing something and you're losing because of something that happened, when when somebody tries to pull off a cool, no matter the cost, attack, and the other person does does this wacky, you know, cat, you know, trap, mouse trap of, you know moves that then suddenly you just took a bunch of damage and a tactics card and you didn't get your attack off uh that stinks but at the same time the other person at the table just did something awesome and that's something to celebrate as well yeah and and that's kind of the 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 thing to to look at it through so for uh like when my loki got one shot i i was not a happy camper uh when that happened in one of my games but then in another game 
my opponent got to uh, pull off uh, some improbable damage and dazed a couple of uh, characters after I had a really good turn the turn before, and I kind of gave him all the power to, to do the cool stuff. So uh, able to see the success there is uh, something I'm happy to have had. Nice, nice. So what would you say, like we have a lot of people who, again, might have been playing a lot of tournaments, never been to a con, maybe never played a tournament, but what do you think is the difference between going to a con and your local MCP casual tournament? Alyssa. Uh, That's a great question. I'm actually going to pass that one off to Nate. Go. All right, Nate, (laughs) you're up. At the end of the day, I think it, can be boiled down to a few things because at the end of the, I don't want to say at the end of the day again. No, no, just say it. Just say it again. I'm gonna keep Wait. it in. Just keep keep <laughs> just, all of them in. At the end of the day, I'm just gonna like loop it over and over. Steve and over has again. a new power. It's not I can do this all day. It's at the end of the day. <laughs> this is totally staying in. <laughs> uh, the difference for me isn't really in the games that you are playing because at a local event or at a con, you're going to probably end up playing people who are there to win and are playing strong teams and competent MCP. So there's not a lot of differences there. Uh, The biggest differences are you're going to get to interact with people you've never met before, or you've only ever met online, both playing against them Uh, which is always a really cool experience because you get to see what other people have come up with as far as strategies and tactics and stuff like that. Uh, But also the opportunity to really just hang out with other members of the community, play other games like some board games or uh, video games, like being able to go back and uh, knock out some Super Smash Brothers after the game is over, going out to eat and stuff like that. Uh, cons are a lot more of a chance to be involved in the greater community uh, because you just have that additional time for those things. Where local events, usually you're trying to squeeze in four rounds into a day and a lunch break, and then people are driving home and other stuff. So it's you're not as likely to get that full experience in that regard, at least. Actually, that's a great word there experience I, that's that i think that's how i would differentiate the two because i mean you could sit around and say oh well for a con you're gonna have people who have been playing and practicing and honing their lists for this event while a casual tournament it tends to be the tournament that uh, or the event that the person is doing their honing for said con but i think it's the experience because one thing that really stands out for me like when i used to go to like pax unplugged is that you know it, the 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 event doesn't end when the con doors close like it's it's you going there and you get like breakfast with some friends you might have come you might have gone with and you go to like the IHOP and you get like the really decadent pancakes and then you go you know strut up to the ha- to the to the con hall being all excited and you go and you you play a game and then you meet up with your buddies and you talk about your game and then you go to play your next game and talk meet with your buddies between hand and then you go to your lunch break and you say, oh my God, I can't believe I lost all my games. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm just going to eat this steak sandwich now. And then like you go back and you're going to go eat that, play the other games. And then afterwards you finish and you go out to 
dinner with your friends and then you just talk about this and you bring in this new this other person you've played with and they were super cool so now they're they're, they're talking to you just like this random person you never knew before today but now you're having dinner with them and then you go to the hotel it doesn't even end then because you go to a hotel you're usually sharing the hotel with somebody and you're talking about it and you just stay up way later than you probably should have just talking and talking about either what the games you just did before, what are you going to do tomorrow? Um, and then maybe your your friend got into the top cut, so you're talking about your top cut, and you know who they're going up against, so then you just start talking and talking and talking. Well, how do you play against this person? How are you gonna, What are you going to do against Brotherhood? Is he going to play with Magneto? Is he going to play... Is he going to play Mystique? What are they going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you could do this. What kind of, well, maybe maybe if it's 16 and we're playing on Intrusions, then maybe at that point then I'm going to bring this roster, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then you fall asleep and then they start snoring. So you wake up. So now you're waking up and then you're like, oh my God. And you put your head, your pillow over your head. But you know, you still love it. You still love it because you love your, your friend. And then eventually you fall asleep. You wake up, you get some coffee, you do the whole IHOP pancake thing all over again. And then you're back in the con hall doing the fun stuff until eventually you drive home and you're exhausted and you fall asleep to a silent bedroom at the end of the weekend. And that's basically the difference between, in my opinion, uh, a casual night and a con. Do you concur? Do you concur? Yeah, hundred percent. He nailed it on the head. <laughs> All right. So, okay, good. Cool. Uh, so, Alyssa, did, did you have any other other thoughts about the the difference? Not really. Um, I mean, I think at a con you meet the bigger version of the community that you play at. You know, casual tournaments. Um, something to keep in mind is most likely at the casual tournaments that you play on the weekend or like at your local game store. So they're people you play all of the time. Um, I do think no matter if you're going to like a, you know, a weekend tournament or a con, you need to guard the relationships of the people you're playing because at the end of the day, like Nate said, it's a, it's a game with little plastic, you know, minifigs. Um, we're all friends here. We're like, we need to guard the relationship. So don't like, you know, do anything like super mean. Like if you're, you know, stomping your friend, don't just like keep punching them while they're down. But like at a, at a casual tournament, you're most likely going to guard that relationship a little mo- more closely because you play that person probably every week or every other week. So I think that's probably one of the biggest differences I've seen is like you kind of guard the relationship a little bit closer at like a casual weekend tournament where it's like a big con. You're like, I'm going to do this big thing because I also kind of don't know you and I'm here to maybe win this whole thing. So, yep. Yeah. <coughs> I agree. Uh, so, for those who haven't gone to a con before, what is something they need to make sure that they, you know, just some things off the top of your head that they should bring to the con? Uh, Nate? Uh shower supplies and deodorant and toothbrush and toothpaste Definitely uh, deodorant. no i mean so like <laughs> jokes aside because at the end of the day when ever you get 30 plus gamers all in a room uh like especially when they're all gaming for i don't know let's say on average eight to ten hours a day uh and like People call some games sweaty for a reason. Like, people get sweaty. Uh, Your emotions get built up and all those kind of other things. So, like, make sure you shower and stay clean at a con. It makes the experience better for everybody. 
Uh, but really, I think uh, one of the important things to bring that you may not think about uh, is a refillable water bottle and some kind of good like power snack food. Nuts. Nuts are very good. Yeah, I'm good, thinking good I, for food. me, like I do a, a general trail mix kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, or like a granola bar or something like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure it's it's like not too much sugar because sugar can definitely lead towards a crash uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of your game. So that's, that's re- one of the reasons why I do nuts because it's like pure protein, straight to the brain, doesn't give me the crash. I can just shove in more nuts. It's good to go. I just I just love eating nuts. That's what she said. <laughs> um, I think so. I'm Nate. I'm glad you went first because I was going to say obviously bring your miniatures, right? Um, aside from you know the normal stuff you need to play the game, um, bring like cough drops or something because after like the first game or two, like there's so many people in the room that you're you're yelling like every game. I don't know if it's just me, but like my my voice starts to you hear it starting to crack. It's getting a little dry. If you don't have water next to you, it's you need something to help kind of smooth it out. So cough drops are have been my go to. They were my go to this weekend where I didn't lose my voice after the first day, which is surprising. Uh, yeah, I will. I will second that. And it's something that I very obviously need to bring, but keep forgetting myself because I've lost my voice at Adepticon two years in a row now. So. It's easy to do. Yeah. I I would also say bring a backup squad. You know, because sometimes, you know, the you could just very easily go into it and then get frustrated and bottom out. And that could happen to the best of us. And then maybe you just want to play a casual game. So just have like a casual squad that you can play as a pickup game or in like a pod. Sometimes they have pods that you're not even aware of. So you can just, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I've stuck with the models I brought. So just bringing up that backup squad is usually very helpful. Or even outside of like MCP itself, but like in chatting with your friends, be like, all right, guys, you know, is there any games, you know, like Champions, like Unmatched that, you know, we all want to bring a deck or two. So that way, you know, on the outside times of, you know, playing the actual tournament or if we don't make cuts, games we want to play together in that chill time. I think that's also good to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is just more of a, less of a what to bring, but more of just, you, you, you've said it, so it pops into my head. Uh, it's not a bad idea between your matches to just go to the bathroom. There's nothing is worse than you're in the middle of an hour into your match and you suddenly really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and what's worse is you if they're playing with clocks, you should go on your time. And if the bathroom is far away, that could eat up five minutes of your time, which is not fun. I, I've definitely had some. They, they don't even work on like chess clocks in X-Wing, but I've had someone, one of my friends, lose their game because they were in the middle of their game and they had to pee and they ran to the bathroom because they couldn't hold it anymore. But that amount of time it took them to go to the bathroom, it took them like five, ten minutes. That was enough time that he wasn't able to get back into the game and win. Like he was like a couple rounds away from winning and he Mm. could because, and he would have probably won if he didn't go to the bathroom. So go to the bathroom between your rounds. Agreed. So the last question I have 
um, about this would be, do you need to win to enjoy a con? 1,100,900,000% chance no. You don't have to, <laughs> that was fun numbers. You don't have to win to enjoy it. If you, It depends on, honestly, actually, it depends on your goal that you went. Because if you, if you went with a goal to win the whole thing and you didn't, hopefully you still enjoyed it. You might enjoy it a little bit less. But no, there, there should be something that made you have a good time. Whether it's a single game, a single moment, a really funny dice roll, time with your friends, food. There should be something for everybody. And there is something if you're open to it. There's something for everybody to enjoy at a con. I, you don't have to win. I don't, I don't feel it that you have to. I'm talking in circles. I don't feel you have to win to enjoy a con. Short answer, no. Yeah, yeah, I've never won a con, so, and I and I still like going, so I agree. I've never won a con. I have won a tournament. Uh, actually, it was that tournament that the night before that I had a giant panic, uh, panic attack. The next that next day, I won the whole thing. Um, but I've never, mm-hmm. I've never, <laughs> I've never won a con, and I've enjoyed every single one of them. It's the people. Uh, I have won a con, and while that con was enjoyable. I had more fun the next year uh, when I was uh, it was being able to go back and hang out with people that I met the previous year, uh, being able to go out and hit some of the really good local food places and stuff like that. Uh, so, so no, winning a winning a con, winning an event, winning a game is not what makes uh, the fun happen. At the end of the day, awesome. So. With that, we're going to get into some listener questions. But first, let's, uh, let's hear about our sponsors, Nate. Yeah, absolutely. So we have two sponsors, one in the UK with Tritex Games. Uh, you can use the code TritexGGCP5 at checkout with them to save an extra 5% off of their MCP products uh, and Shatterpoint as well. Uh, and it's really nice because if you combine that with their already discounted stuff and the additional discounts that they give on pre-orders, uh, it'll actually save you 25% off of MRSP. And then here in the States, you can shop at gamechefs.org and use the code GAMERSGUILD, no spaces or anything like that, and it'll just net you an additional 15% off of their already discounted prices uh, as well as it usually gives uh, free shipping. I haven't double-checked that one recently, but I know that's a thing that's uh, also really nice. And also, of course, uh, we're going to be doing these listener questions. You can give your listener questions by joining our Discord, um, which is a public free Discord. You can just hop on. They'll be in the show notes. And also, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this without the support of our patrons. So if you would like to support the Gamers Guild, please visit our patron and sign on up. Uh, that will also be in the description. So on to our listener questions. So for our first question, listener question is from um, Kenny. He says, question, uh, now this is going to be a very common thing you're going to hear. Uh, question for Alyssa. Uh, now that you placed top eight over Nate, how is your hostile takeover of the guild going? And is it a seamless transition? Uh, you know, when I read this, I wanted to at him and be like, thanks for calling it out. Like it was going to be a smooth transition. I was just going to like slide on in there real secretly, but he's made it public. And like, 
you know, typed it out on the internet. So it's not as smooth as it should have been. Um, no, all jokes aside, um, I placed top eight over Nate, but Nate's a great player. Like, you know, we both had somebody drop and we both won three games. It just happened to be what I think strength of schedule was the tiebreaker, I think. Right, Nate? Uh, yeah, it ended up being a strength of schedule. Yeah. So, I mean, very easily could have been you. Um, yeah. there There is no hostile takeover. We love Nate. That's what you would say if there was a hostile takeover happening. Puts yeah, on this also, like cute and friendly facade. I see you coming. I'm I'm still trying to pass the test here with Nate, so I need to shh, no hostile takeover. We'll see if there's if Nate will still be here in 2024. <laughs> uh, our next question is from Rylan. It says, "Question for Alyssa: As the best MC player <laughs> on the Gamers Guild cast, as reflected by Everwinter." What are your tips and tricks for helping the other cast members? I don't even know what to say to this. I wanted to say, like, get good. Um, I, I, There is no tips and tricks. It's just go and have fun and play the affiliation you love. Don't give up on it. I've loved the Inhumans for forever. I wanted to throw CGR in there, and then I decided not to because I didn't want to be a bully, and that's what I did. But play like me, play like Nate, win three of your games, and you you might make it. So there you go. It was a toss-up, 50-50. Right, right. 50-50, but 100 that you want. So. Yeah. 50-50 is 100. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So now we got one uh, for... A real question. Well, we'll see. Those are all real questions as far as I'm concerned. Um, there is so a question. From Justin, do you consider things like, man, people hate playing versus CGR. Should I bring him to a premiere event when you are building, deciding your roster? Nate, how about you answer this one? Yeah, so I think that comes down to a couple of bullet points uh, with your decision process. Uh, do you want to bring him as like a, a bluff kind of a thing? Like, are you running one kind of list and... Like you really have just kind of this nebulous ninth roster spot that's probably never going to actually see play, but you can kind of trick your opponents into bringing some anti-CGR tech uh, that they then field into not CGR, uh, I think is absolutely a, a thing that uh, you can do. And I've seen be successful uh, by baiting out to certain tactic cards or characters that otherwise would not have seen the table. Right. Yeah. I used to do that with Kingpin in my Shadowland Daredevil. While he was there legitimately, if I ended up on Scoundrels, uh, there were definitely multiple times I played games where the opponent thought I was going to play Kingpin instead of Shadowland Daredevil, and they checked out their squad because they're like, well, why? this is like a, such a great scenario for Kingpin. He's definitely going to play Kingpin. And I was like, I was never going to play Kingpin. Yeah. How about you, Alyssa? Any any additional thoughts? Um, I mean, I kind of had this mindset actually, um, because I like I said, I planned to bring CGR um because I was worried about the big bads and am I good enough with the inhumans that I currently play to play without him? He felt like a sure win. And then I watched a game where somebody conceded that I didn't think would normally concede um, because the other person took CGR. And that was kind of the final straw for me was I don't I don't think I want to be the person to 
bring a CGR knowing that many people don't have fun against him. So uh, that was a deciding factor for me was many people don't enjoy him and I don't want to contribute to that. So I didn't. Nice. I knew I liked you. But but I was bad for like a month. So. Well, we all we all have that period where we need to experiment. Or or I just beat up on my husband for six to seven games. So he, he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> so as a sub question, how do you help a friend who has spent three months trying to decide what list he wants to run at an event in January, especially when he ignores all of your suggestions? Uh, Nate. Uh, you, you give the advice that you can and, uh, you, you, you did what you could. Uh, you can't make somebody listen to, uh, any advice or tips or anything like that. Uh, if they're looking for it, you can give it to them and then just let them do whatever they're going to end up doing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah just true. keep, just keep feeding them good advice. Be their friend. When they uh, lose or don't do well afterwards, let them be or, you know, be a good soundboard and then help them say, you kind of did this to yourself. So maybe let's try X, Y, Z. I think those that's all great advice. Uh, and I agree 100% with every single piece of it. Uh, I will add in that if that friend happens to be Josh, then I would say drop that <laughs> advice and then mute Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Or just turn off your phone. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not turning off my phone. Just, I play Marvel Snap on that phone. It doesn't. It doesn't turn off. Oh, touche. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next question is from vamping because there's a lot of disc- too much discussion in the podcast. Slow mo doesn't mean anything when when pod- from uh, game chefs. Uh, what iconic piece of Marvel terrain would you like to see added to the game and why? Oh, I personally, I don't, uh, I don't do terrain. So I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't paint terrain. So uh, I don't care. I would just, whatever that iconic piece of terrain is, is AMG. Can you please make that terrain something that uh, fits within the rules of the game when it comes to standing on it? <laughs> are you talking about the uh the quinjet talk about the quinjet i think the bunker yeah. also has okay. problems with it and then have you seen the wakandan terrain that's coming out <laughs> i've seen it but yeah okay see more in my i had more in mind the uh the quinjet and not being able to stand under it technically that drives me nuts well, that you drives can't me nuts stand too. on top of it either i think it's so wobbly there's, there's not a smooth enough surface um, I, have, I haven't seen I haven't seen the apartment building in person, but people have complained about that. Maybe because of its size, I don't know. Yeah, when you build it up to the three story version, it's just it's so tall. Yeah, it's uh, a monster. It's hard to to play around it. Uh, I see. Uh, for me, like part of the problem with this question and what makes it a really good question is so much of the terrain that like you instantly like. Oh, I want to see Avengers Tower or like. Uh, something like that, it's just way too massive to try to put on one of these boards and actually make it playable. Uh, so I'm going to go with Punisher's Van. Okay. Is it going to come with a Punisher and then I'm going to have to pay 
to buy a, a, a van to get a, yes. a, a good, a good yes, version you're going to have to pay for the terrain, like an extra five or ten dollars to get this really cool terrain piece. I swear to God, if we get a third Frank Castle in this game, gonna, I'm going to lose it. You'll love it. <laughs> It'll be your favorite. <laughs> Uh, any any terrain that you're hoping for, Alyssa? Not really. I mean, he specifically said iconic piece. I don't really have an iconic piece. I do um, secretly super want like an inhuman character slash terrain piece, a.k.a. Eldrak. I think that would be hilarious. I don't know how they'd make that work, but I think it'd be hilarious. I don't That's know if fair. you know who that is. No. Uh, Eldrak <laughs> is um, a person for lack of better words but like he like pops up in the walls it's really funny if you watch the really bad show you would know who it is okay yeah all right i'll have to watch the really bad show i loved it (laughs) all right so uh i'm gonna there's another question there i'm gonna get to that for our last question i'm gonna hop over to the uh another another podcast question from brian freddy who is uh recently inducted to as a guild member and he's asked two questions one is if you're traveling by plane what is your number one tip for traveling with minis games uh so as the person who has recently traveled by plane to an event uh my number one piece of advice would be to make sure you have uh, your models. Uh, my number one piece of advice would be to make sure that your the way you're transporting your models is small enough to stow uh, under the airplane seat because I don't I wouldn't even uh, necessarily trust models going into the overhead bin because some of those overhead bins even shift uh, as they open and close. Uh, so I just I would recommend uh, as much security and safety around your models uh, when you're transporting them as you can uh, kind of make happen. Yeah, a hundred percent. Ben and I we like to travel Southwest because they have um, like two free checked bags per person. So we like send everything that we can that we don't have to deal with. Let the airline deal with it. You focus on your middies, make sure they are either magnetized super well or like foam packed really well. Um, and like Nate said, in the seat in front of you, do not trust the stuff up, you know, the overhead bins because people are also like shoving their stuff around. So if you put yours up first and then somebody like doesn't know what your case is and they like, or super aggressive with it and like move it to get their suitcase in. That's not fun. I don't recommend that. Put it in like a smaller container that can fit in the in the foot in front of you. That'd be peachy. Your models won't break. Also bring glue. Don't forget glue just in case. Always bring glue. Yep. Uh, yeah, I have an A case, which I think I've never traveled by plane to a tournament. I've only driven, but I think or taken a train. Um I think my smaller, I have like a small A case and I think that one would fit underneath and I would, I would, I would be far too nervous to do anything, but do that. So for our next one is what are your personal favorite tips to not spend much money on limited budgets, mainly in the food category, assuming you have self-control in the vendor hall. 
I I sympathize with that second part of vendor hall control. Uh, for me, uh, when I've needed to be a little bit more uh, budget conscious uh, for conventions and stuff, uh, basically, depending on how you're traveling, either bring the materials to make your own lunches or go out to a, a grocery store once you get to where you're going, either Uber out there or what have you. Uh, to just buy the basic supplies that you need to have, have like a sandwich and chips for lunch or something like that. Uh, and then when you go out for dinner, because you still want to be able to hang out with people, uh, keep an eye on the appetizer menu. Uh, there's been so many times where when I go out to eat, instead of ordering the $20 burger or something like that, I'll just get uh, like the pretzels appetizer or something to hold me over. Yeah, 100%. Um, when we went to NashCon, we Ubered to a Walmart and got some stuff like Lunchables that we ended up sharing with people. Um, get yourself some goodies and you'll be good to go. Also, keep in mind, like when you do go out, don't order too much um, that you're not going to like if you're going to bring leftovers back to your hotel, that's probably not great because the refrigerators are super small. And if you don't put it in the refrigerator, like it's not going to be super great, even if your hotel is cold and like leftovers, not good at a con. Just keep it small. Get yourself some snacks. If you're still hungry by the time you get back, you've spent less on dinner and you've already got snacks. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, I'm going to spend a lot of money on food. It doesn't, go make or go home. Dude, I show up. I'm getting the big breakfast. I would say, okay, you want to be frugal? You bring bring some cereal because you can always just have breakfast and get you going. Bring your nuts. Nuts will get you through. Have, have that sandwich like they say. Bring your bring the refillable water like Nate said. That'll get you through. Then you can have a nice dinner. But you know what? When I go, big breakfast. I go out, find 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 the big find the big lunch, then go to dinner, eat weights, order way too much, eat too much, realize my my the there's no way I'm bringing this home, you know, toss it, toss it, toss it, or or if depending on the city you go to, maybe take it to go, give it to somebody on the street, you know, it could be helpful. And uh, other than that, uh, hey, if you've got the budget for it, sure. Pay way too much money. I spent no, I don't have the budget for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway so those are all good advice uh and then we're gonna go with our last question a great question that rylan gave uh it, yes or, uh Alyssa. um as a popular female in a male-dominated hobby what advice can you give to other women slash girls that may feel intimidated by their surroundings and what can we do as a community to maybe alleviate some of the pressure or the stigma to make the hobby of tabletop gaming a more encouraging, less intimidating atmosphere for our non-knuckle-dragging counterparts? So I actually super appreciate this question. Um, as being one of the very few females in you know, the MCP gaming community, um, I appreciate this. More than you know, we've already been chatting about it in some of the discords. Um, so the first part, what advice can you give for the women um, or the girls. Um, honestly, part of it is true to the stigma that, you know, we're judged or looked at or whatever, but part of it is not every community is actually that way. 
So MCP, I have noticed the guys, the community, they're not, most of them are not like that. So part of it is also in our own head that we are generalizing the gaming community as a whole to be like weird and stuff like that. And that, that's just not the case, right? At least not for all of them. Um, I know back when Ben was trying to get me into gaming, uh, he was into like 40K and fantasy and not being a part of that. Like I was just, my first thought was like, are they going to stare at me? Because I'm the only like girl there. Like, so part of it is get out of your head, learn the community that you're kind of like going to be playing in, get friends that are already in it, whether it be like your spouse or, you know, other good friends or, you know, other women that are getting you into the game. Just kind of learn your community and kind of get over the stigma itself that maybe we are feeding into it more than it is true, if that makes sense. Um, and then the other part is what can the community do to kind of alleviate that? I think for the most part, at least in my experience, the community is already aware that sometimes they are like that and, and they work on that. I don't really think that there's anything that people can change from what they're already doing. I don't know if I'm making sense. My brain is kind of like all over the place with this one because it's like an endless like loop. You kind of have to like be constantly working on it constantly working on like am I treating this person whether or not they are male or female am I treating this person with respect um am am I like mansplaining to somebody like that's not good in in any case right so just being aware of how you're treating people in general um then it shouldn't matter if it's you know a female or not in gaming you should be good all right I think that's great and I think we will let Alyssa have the last word on our questions and that is going to be it for our podcast this week and i hope this has been helpful and illuminating and i hope you get out there and you go see uh go to a tournament go to a con enjoy this game of marvel crisis protocol this is our last episode for the year and we'll see you on the other side and until next time keep on gaming